1: Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And today's show brought to you by Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar, indeed, second and unled by the barrels of the dills. What about those specials? Genesee 30 packs, just 1295. Lions Head IPA, 12-pack cans, 895. Labatt's, 30 packs, 1995. And New Belgium Day Blazer, 15-pack cans, just 1495. Eddie Garcia, Fox Sports, in just a few moments on the Stanley Cup playoffs. First of all, our play-by-play call of the day. The Pirates stay hot. Greg Brown with the call.
0: And there's a line drive to left field deep. This ball is gone. A line drive home run. Vita Bella for Francisco Cervelli. The Cub Killer <laughs> might have delivered a knockout punch. The Bucks now lead 6-1 to one
1: in the 7th. And that's the way it's been for the Pirates. They've been supplying power all season long. Polanco had a home run, drove in runs yesterday as well. Gregory Polanco now with 15 runs knocked in in the early going. And the Pirates are off to a 9-3 and three start. They're at Miami tonight. The Phillies, you'll hear tonight, at Tampa Bay. Down in St. Petersburg. And that will be uh, coming up tonight at 7-10 will be the airtime. And uh, seven ten will be the first pitch, and six thirty five will be the airtime here on News Radio ten seventy WKOK. Okay.
0: You got Vince Velasquez on the mound tonight for Philly. Yeah,
1: yeah. Let's see how that plays out. Let's see how that plays out tonight with Vince Velasquez. I'm looking at my phone, and all of a sudden, like Tom Bradley called me. I'm like, okay. Mm. Certainly, I doubt he needs any help in terms of, like, you know, I've already told him flat out (laughs) that, like, Artie Burns is now your problem. Eddie Garcia, Fox Sports. He is their expert on the NHL. He's also had his own podcast since 2006 called The Pucks Podcast. Eddie, we welcome you to the show. It's great to have you with us.
2: Thanks for having me. Appreciate you uh,
1: calling me today. All right. Let's let's uh, let's start with this. Uh, I was talking earlier on the show this week about if I were thinking about sweeping all the awards, the Vegas Golden Knights should get all of them, including, including Mark Andre Flory winning the Hart Trophy. They're an expansion team, Eddie. How did they put this together? Because a year ago today they had no players.
3: Well,
2: you know, honestly, uh, some of it was, I think, a little bit of luck. Uh <laughs> You can't uh you know if you look at some of the stories on that team uh a guy like William Carlson, who in his four previous seasons in the n h l had a total of about fifteen goals, well he's had over forty this year I mean nobody saw that coming, and that's uh what uh, to, to say that's a dramatic uh improvement is an understatement uh, if he was a baseball player, everybody'd be uh, asking to check his you know bat for for cork or for steroids or something but uh i mean look you know the Vegas Golden Knights had a little bit of a leg up on all the other expansion franchises in recent years uh, they changed the rules a little bit for them so they would at least be in theory competitive but at best I think a lot of people a lot of so-called experts thought if everything broke right for them maybe they compete for a wild card spot uh to, to think that this team could get a collection of players together that were good but certainly not great uh and to have them have a historic season, win a division title, which had never been done in any of the four North American sports for a first-year expansion team, nobody thought that. I mean, their ownership, their their general manager, their head coach, nobody thought they could do this. It's one of the greatest uh, sport, uh, sports stories of the year, for sure, and one of the best in recent memory. It's it's unbelievable.
1: No, it really is. I mean, because, I mean, you and I both know the history of expansion. I don't care whether it's the Washington Capitals, the Kansas City Scouts, or whomever. It just takes a while. Now, the, how, how much were they helped, though? You talk about the luck part. That instead of expanding by two now, they expanded by one, and they were the only show drafting at the time.
2: Yeah, you're right. That is unique. I mean, in the past, you've seen two teams usually come in. So I don't think there's any question that that did help. And And like I said, the new rules that they had... This year, to where they weren't basically getting garbage from every other team, they were getting at least a decent player. You know, nobody's stars were coming over to this team, uh, but they got decent players. And again, it was it was thought that they would at least be competitive, that they would probably be the best expansion team in recent memory. But again, for them to make the playoffs, for them to win a division title, for them to be you know a top seed in their you know. Uh, like I said, the, in the uh, Pacific Division, th- there was no one that you could find in the world that would have said that could, that was a possibility, much less that it would happen.
1: All right, uh, the Penguins and Flyers, of course, the, the Pens won the opener seven to nothing. The Penguins have had obviously great players in the history of their franchise, including power plays that had Lemieux, Yager, Ron Francis on it. Yet this group set a franchise record with twenty six percent eighth when short handed. Uh, are those the basics that we need to know about that series?
2: Well, that was the big thing that I think everybody circled going into that series because obviously they're blood rivals and in the Philadelphia Flyers, DNA is you know being tough and not being pushed around. And, you know, would Philadelphia be able to turn the other cheek uh, and not take stupid penalties because the Penguins had the number one power play in the NHL this year? But, I mean, we'll see going forward if that's gonna be a factor. Game one was just uh I mean, wow. Uh yeah. talk about a behind kicking. That was uh it was embarrassing. And you know, Claude Drew, the captain of the Flyers, said afterwards it was one of the worst games he's ever been a part of. And uh yeah, you can understand why. It was it was no contest from the very beginning. I mean, the penguins jumped out on Philadelphia and never even let him breathe and you know, if you're the Flyers, I'm sure you're thinking, look, it's only one game. It's 7 nothing, but it's still only one. Uh, but the issues in net for Philadelphia have to be a concern. You know, it was an issue all year long. Brian Elliott finally comes back, and is healthy enough to start the series. But, you know, he allows six goals in that first game before finally getting the hook mercifully. And uh, he's got to obviously come back with a very, very strong effort here in game number two.
1: Right. The fact is the Flyers also have a couple of defensemen that can move the puck. Uh, how important will it be moving forward that they get more involved in what's going on? Then conversely, how important is it for the Penguins to force them to play a 200-foot game and not a, not a 100-foot game?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, Ivan Proberoff and Shane Gostisier yeah. are some great young defenses uh defensemen. I think, you know, the future's bright for those two guys going forward. Uh, but how, how are they going to play now? I mean, they're, they're under a lot of pressure. Obviously, the Penguins, you know, their strength is their offense with Sidney Crosby and Ginny Balkan and Phil Kessel. And, uh, it's not, it's not going to be easy for them. Uh, you know, they're going to have to try and limit those guys as best they can and also, you know, move the puck up, get the offense going and try and keep it in the the Penguins' end as much as possible, but easier said than done, obviously. And, you know, Pittsburgh, I, I, I just can't believe, honestly, that, Going into the playoffs, nobody really was talking about it. I mean, how could the two time defending Stanley Cup champs not be uh you know the focus? But they really weren't. I mean, people are talking about Nashville and Boston, and understandably so, Tampa Bay. Those those teams had great regular seasons, but uh obviously Pittsburgh knows how to play playoff hockey. Uh they know how to get it done in the clutch. They're certainly gonna have a much tougher task, you know, going forward. And I'm sure Philadelphia having their pride uh, injured. uh going to come out with a strong effort tonight, but, man, you got to just uh, respect uh, the way the Penguins have played. They've played so much hockey over the last two years, and yet uh, no excuses, no complaining. They just go out and get the job done.
1: Eddie, what made Tampa Bay such a solid team all season long?
2: I mean, they've got pretty much everything you need. Um, Andre Vasilevsky is a young goaltender, but a talented goaltender which is why they thought they could let ben bishop walk away um you've got victor hedman uh on the blue line probably going to win the norris trophy this year as a top defenseman at least he's got to be in the top three i would think uh a big strong guy who can move the puck and then up front you've got guys like steven stamkos and nikita kucherov who earlier in the year you thought he was probably the favorite to win the mvp but uh, so many other players stepped up and played well it's a very very crowded list for a heart trophy uh candidates this year but there's just a lot of talent and i gotta say you know steve Iserman uh was obviously a hall of fame player but mm-hmm. he's making a name for himself obviously as an executive and as a general manager he's drafted well uh i mean he had a situation with jonathan drew a really talented young player and they didn't really have room for him they couldn't afford him so he trades with the Montreal and he gets Mikhail Sergachev back, a really talented young defenseman that I think Montreal is already regretting that they let go. The Canadians have made some bad moves, but uh he continues to be um, you know, again, one of those one of the few examples of a star player who can go from being great on the ice to being great in the front office. And he learned well under Ken Holland in Detroit, but he's really put together a great collection of talent there at Tampa Band. They were my favorite for most of the year. They slid a little bit at the end of the season. I think a lot of people were like, wow, what's going on here? Because defensively, they didn't, they didn't look that good. They even picked up Ryan McDonough at the trade deadline, which I thought was a great move for the, for the defense as well. But mm-hmm. uh, they certainly looked pretty good in their, their opening round of the playoff game against New Jersey. And they lost all three of their meetings against the Devils in the regular season. And people were like, uh-oh, is this team not matchable with them? Well, they looked really good in that uh First playoff game yesterday, jumping after the three nothing lead and then getting victory.
1: All right. Now let's go to somebody that, that was in the final, but a lot of people really like the Nashville Predators. What do you like about them? What could trip them up?
2: Well, I mean the cliche is defense wins championships, right? So <laughs> they've got the they've got the goaltending at Pecorina and they have the best defensive core in the NHL. Uh, you know, they don't they don't when they send a defenseman over the board, there's no bad one going out there. Right. You know, there's no yeah. there's no uh, blue liner where the other team is saying, okay, if we get this matchup, we should be able to have some success. So, you know, PK Subin and Roman Yossi and Ryan Ellis. I mean, uh, Mateus Eckholt is great a great defensive core. Um, you know, the forwards are good enough. I mean, if you saw Philip Ford's goal last night, uh, right. what a thing of beauty! where he goes in and out of the tender defender's legs and then, oh by the way, beats the goaltender. Uh that was fantastic. So and you know what, Home Ice Advantage, you guys I'm sure know that in hockey sometimes it's not the greatest advantage in the world. But in Nashville, uh it is it's amazing. Uh you know, if they get the first goal or if they get a couple of big goals in, in you know in a short amount of time, that place goes insane. And to think that Nashville would have the greatest atmosphere, arguably, in the NHL uh, a few years ago, you'd be nuts if you said that, but they've, uh, David Poyle, their general manager, who's been the only GM in the history of that franchise has put together a great collection of talent. Peter Lobbylet, their head coach, has won a Stanley Cup. He's, you know, he's a solid guy on the bench and, uh, they've been embraced by, by that, uh, community. Uh, the Stanley Cup run last year only sparked it. And I think it's, you know, they're as hungry as any team right now. Uh, and, and I, I, I think they are definitely the team to beat right now.
1: Under the radar, who's not getting maybe enough love right now that you look at that team and you say, you know, there's a little bit more to it than some people think?
2: Well, I absolutely loved the win for Columbus last night. Yeah. Uh, and this is a franchise that's never won playoff series. 17 years in the NHL. They've never been able to advance. Uh, but to fall behind 2 nothing on the road, to have one of your players get ejected early and have a five-minute major and have the other team score two goals, then to come back from that, score a great power play goal late to tie it, and then win it in overtime. or Timmy Panarin with a beautiful goal. That was something. That was that was a a great win for them. Now they got to put it together, put the series together, not just a game here or there. But a lot of people were picking them and the LA Kings as the two teams that could be the the true dark horses. Uh, and I really love that effort for Columbus last night. You know, they got a coach in John Tortorella who's won a Stanley Cup. He's a guy who's very fiery and uh you know he gets a lot of attention to some of the things he says uh you know after the games, but uh he's he's done a lot to try and change his image and and adapt to today's players and those types of things and uh i really I really love that win. can that be a win that kind of propels him to finally get that first playoff series victory we'll see
1: all right and uh out of the out of the first round uh when when this is all said and done. What do you see emerging in this opening round?
2: Well, I like I like Nashville and I like Winnipeg to meet in the second round in what will be a really really good playoff series. I think the winner of that series, that second round series will make it to the Stanley Cup final out of the West. Uh and I think, you know, Toronto Boston going on right now, that's going to be uh, the game one wasn't as competitive as I thought it would be. I think in the end, Toronto will bounce back and get a couple of wins. Um, But uh, I think Boston, Tampa Bay, a potential second-round matchup there, I could see the winner of that one reaching the Stanley Cup final out of the East. So I would say if it's not, I I would be surprised if it isn't one of those four teams uh, that makes it to the final to face each other.
1: Eddie, an absolute pleasure. Uh, the Puck Podcast, by the way, has been going on for 12 years now. And, of course, the great work you do with Fox Sports as well. Thanks so much for your insight, your expertise. We appreciate it very much.
2: You're very welcome, and hope we can do it again
1: sometime. That's Eddie Garcia, and we will. Eddie Garcia from Fox Sports. And people ask us over and over again, how do you get some of the guests that you get? The bottom line is, is that... Uh... His Sean goes out, works very, very hard, brought, drops the suit's name, and uh, suddenly doors
0: open. Now, had I known that sooner? See, he didn't tell me that. Yeah. Why wouldn't he yeah. tell me that?
1: It, well, it's the part where you tell them that he won't be a part of the interview. That. The- <laughs> <laughs> You gotta let him down easy. Okay, okay, is the setup too easy? Am I? <laughs> the, the setups are too easy. <laughs> don't pick on him? Oh come on! <laughs> We're just having fun here. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Great to have you with us on the show today on this Friday. Brought to you by our good friends at Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Best of Imports, Domestics, Microbrews. You're not going to find a better selection anywhere. And also great specials now through Tuesday, including Genesee 30-packs, just $12.95. Lion's Head IPA 12-pack cans, $8.95. Labatt's. Thirty packs, nineteen ninety-five, New Belgian Day Blazer, fifteen packs, fourteen ninety-five. Hulot Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the Beverage Supermarket. We're in the Sunbury Motors Studio, Sunbury Motors Fourth Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia Routes Eleven and Fifteen in Hummel's Wharf. Coming up tomorrow, by the way, will be. Uh, or should be a week from tomorrow, will be uh, the Blue-White game, which will be a 3 o'clock start. Uh, you're going to hear it, by the way, on Eagle 107, beginning at 3 o'clock. I think, what, the Phillies are on WKOK that day? That, that is correct,
0: right? yeah. Next weekend is Phillies-Pirates, and say 3.30 airtime, so that's why we'll move Penn State over to Eagle 107. And, of course, you'll be able to hear it at eagle107.com. And you can also go on our Sunbury Broadcasting app, but then tap Eagle One Hundred and Seven to get the host of the show, the Hammer, and Derek Williams.
1: Something rather anticlimactic when you get the Derek there. But right? well, I was, you
0: know, is <laughs> <laughs> that extra second or two? Yeah, <laughs> letting people out there. It's like, is he coming back for another year? Yes, he's back. Yes, yes,
1: yes, yeah, he's back. Yeah. Uh. By the way, they're actually going to go in the stadium tomorrow. Uh be the first time they've been in this. It's actually, it's going to be the first time they've been outside. will be tomorrow. They're not practicing tonight. Uh, they're going to be outside tomorrow for the first time. They're going to go in the stadium, too. It's going to be 80 degrees tomorrow. Perfect. Now, the advance forecast for next week is pretty good. But it's going to be good for especially the young players to get into the stadium. Now for example, let's say Nick Tarburton, uh Gordon, Isaiah Humphreys, Micah Parsons, Jesse Luchetta. Uh I mean they've never they've never practiced in the stadium before. never. Well that's going to be really good for them to get in there and practice in the stadium among others. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
0: Patronage. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones.
1: And today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket imports Domestics microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere, including their great specials between now and Thursday. Genesee, 30-packs, $12.95. Lion's Head IPA, 12-pack cans, $8.95. Labatt's 30-packs, just $19.95. New Belgian Day Blazer, 15-pack cans, $14.95. Wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks, hot sauces. Uh, how about that? Fresh, hot, roasted peanuts, and those are... Fresh and hot roasted every day. The bags are right there at the register. And the pickle bar, used sometimes in wagers, is second to none led by the Barrels and the Dills. We are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, force-rated Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf. Did you tell the king about uh, what management thought of him?
0: I did not tell the king about that. Go, so ahead, I thought we go would.
1: ahead. Go ahead. Tell him now.
0: Oh, yeah. well, so uh, Well, anyway. Kevin, good news. I I was in a meeting earlier this week with upper uh-huh. management. Yep. And he loves you on the show. Really? Yeah.
3: Oh, I love them too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to tell you all the all those payments you made have paid off. <laughs>
3: They owe me six pickles.
1: <laughs> we're working on it. <laughs> we're working on it. <laughs> See, Steve,
0: you were right. You were right. <laughs>
1: I, 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 I did say an hour ago you would bring up within the first minute the pickles.
0: <laughs> the only thing we didn't set was the over-under on how much time it would take. <laughs> yeah,
1: we should have set that. Because I'm
0: hungry. Say, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
3: Uh, and you read that commercial, and then I think of the pickles, and then, although I didn't hear the commercial today. So,
0: oh, we just had it. well, it was playing when you and I were talking during the
3: right, break. Right, yeah. Right, so, but it, it makes me hungry every time I call.
0: Well, good, the and commercial's it, working.
3: Good. <laughs> yeah, it works.
1: What, the pickles are what, good. That's what it's supposed to do. Follow yeah. me. Follow me to the pickles. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Steve I got bad news, man. All right. Okay. So I get a call that our tenants on David Street have locked themselves out of the house.
1: Okay. (laughs) Brilliant.
3: (laughs) Okay. Meanwhile, Josh, kid who works here... Drove down Raffia Road the week before. He said, "You know, there's a Christmas tree on your front lawn, that house. It's freaking April, there. <laughs> I said, "Okay." <laughs> I think the January pickup passed, you know. Yeah. So that there's a red flag right there. So me and Claire go out there and tell them, "You know, we'll bring you the key because we weren't quite sure which key it was. I changed all the locks, right, and it sure. was like eight months ago." We get up there. Yeah, there's a Christmas tree on the front lawn, dead. There's a kid's swimming pool on the front lawn. Dead. Well, again, it's April. <laughs> oh yeah, I woke up with dead. Swing, in it? Swimming, I
1: pool dead, cracked.
3: <laughs> you know that brown color, ick, ick oh, yeah, ick. Yeah,
1: yeah. Thirty-five
3: <laughs> pairs of shoes in a big pile. I'm like, oh God, no. Yeah. We get the door open, the lady says, or tenant, says, excuse the mess. <laughs> it's not usually like this.
1: <laughs> like you
3: couldn't do this. It would take you a while to do this lady. She's got a few issues in the bathroom. So uh, Issues? <laughs> well, so there's, like, all the crap on the floor and on the counters and on the just clothes and... Whatever I'm like My mouth is hanging open What did you do to our house It is trashed Absolutely trashed And she says I'll get it cleaned up Then she takes me into the bathroom She goes The lights don't work So my husband did this He took an electrical cord You know That has the light on the end of it With a little cage over it And hangs that in the bathroom Over the toilet I'm like, oh, my God, what have you done to this house? I'm shock and awe, man, shock and awe. You 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 can't.
1: So people understand, my brother and I grew up, with the exception of your, with the exception of your room, by the way,
3: yeah, well, no, I'll, I'll take blame for that. I'll stand up. A, it was
1: contained. Right. It was contained in one room.
3: Yeah,
1: <laughs> right. Right. in an absolutely immaculate house. Would that be fair?
3: That's very fair. There's not a scratch on anything. Our mother was a neat yes. freak. Yes. And she would beat me. With any weapon, to <laughs> oh, get her hands on and <laughs> I say, "Why saying... did you oh, allow okay. this?" I swear, I thought they oh, would oh, yeah. be good. You know.
1: Oh so no! I you said that back. she would. Yeah, she would not. Yeah. Well, let me put it this way: the verbal, the verbal part, she would just crush you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I told her once, I said, I'd rather you hit me with a bat than yell at me. <laughs>
1: <Because> <laughs> That's
3: true. Her voice would cut right through me, and I'd be like, God, please stop yelling. That's why the prisoners were afraid of her.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It is true. Uh, she was a secretary, not a guard. They feared her more than the guards.
3: Oh yeah, they were a petrified <laughs> of her. She'd yes, yell at them, and they would like, "Oh my God!" <laughs> they do the same thing. Shoot me, you know. <laughs> it's but, not oh good. Oh my Kelly, God! Kelly, I got to replace the her. lights <laughs> in the bathroom, and I got to, you know, just simple stuff. But they left it all for. It's the flapper in the toilet isn't coming yeah. down. Uh, you know, I'm like, oh my God! Go to Home Depot. Here's a buck and a half. Go, right. uh, you know. It, he won't do a thing to fix the house so anyway I had to get that off my chest and I feel better now that you know that the house is trashed and we're working right. on getting them the heck out of there So
1: I see well that's okay because it used to be at Beaver Stadium you talk about like go to Home Depot and pick up something Yeah. well Beaver Stadium for years the ceiling tiles in our broadcast booth they're I don't know. There were probably, let's say, four or five of them that were pretty warped, water damage, things like that. Yep. Yeah. And one day, and this was the Michigan game in 2008, there was a play where the game was tied, and Michigan was backed up in its own end, and uh, Jared Odrick sacked the Michigan quarterback at the back of the end zone for safety, and Penn State took the lead and we had guests in the booth. You know how they rotate in through left and right, and yeah. kind of some some reason coming in there is a big deal. So they. So
3: well, I'm one of them. I've been one of them.
1: Well, this guy who's a fan is behind me. Jumps up in the air, right? Because of the safety, they take the lead, hits the warped ceiling tile that's like hanging on by a thread. Yeah. Hits it. <laughs> And it comes down and hits me in the head. Oh, <laughs> so so I, I I grab it. I'm still talking, and while I'm talking, I'm putting it back into place up above. So Steve Terry Pagula Beaver
3: Jones Stadium. <laughs>
1: yeah. So so Terry so Jack Ham and I are at an event with Terry Pagula, and of course you know Terry donated the money for Pagula Ice Arena. He owns the Buffalo Bills. He owns the Buffalo Sabers. And so I said, Terry, I said, I gotta ask you something. All right, Jack stay there. I said, I said, can I borrow a hundred dollars? And he goes, Huh? And he gets this confused like he says, Well for what? I said, look, I said, I just want to go to Home Depot. I want to buy some ceiling tiles for the broadcast we can replace them. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts laughing and Jack looks at me like, I, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> I said, I said, you like it the way it is? <laughs> he says, well, no, he says I'm behind you all the way. Oh, and I did. <laughs> well,
3: eventually,
1: well, Penn, State, Penn State did replace it. It looks very nice in there. It did a good job with it. But I said, Terry, can I borrow it? I'll say, look, I'll buy them myself. I'll go over to Home Depot and I'll install it myself. <laughs> I don't care what yeah, the union and... says. I don't have that kind of time in my life. Okay, I <laughs> want to get it done now. <laughs>
3: Yeah, but you know what? The simple little things that don't take long to fix, and people don't fix them. You oh, know? know. They're I waiting know. for the imaginary thing in the sky, you know?
1: Oh, I know. But anyway,
3: hey, you hear Des Bryant got uh, released?
1: Yeah, Des got released, and now it's going to be a game to see who signs him. But again, this is a case of salary versus inconsistency.
3: Yeah, okay. his age has too, gotten to him.
1: Uh-huh. Too much money. Not enough production.
3: Yeah, he's been off for three years. But everyone, the, the the rumors that I heard was the Eagles, but I don't know.
1: Well, if he goes to Philadelphia, who? Now I've heard Buffalo, the Rams, Houston. Houston. Well, I saw Bill O'Brien last week. That topic didn't come up. <laughs> we talked. We talked about other things, but we didn't talk about Des Bryant. Um,
3: yeah, but I mean, he'd be a good addition in the right spot.
1: Well, they've got the Hopkins. Right yeah, they've got Hopkins. Yeah. Now, getting now, it depends on how much Bill and I know Bill, like Fuller from Notre Dame. Yeah, Bill ha- Bill recruited him to come to Penn State, and then that didn't quite work. And he went to Notre Dame. And then the first chance Bill got to acquire him on the pro level, he did. So he likes him a lot. Now you need more than that. And Houston knows they need more than that. And he's and Bill's big on Deshaun Watson. He really likes him a lot. He stays uh, healthy. Yeah, if he stays healthy. Uh yeah. which is interesting, because at Clemson he didn't get hurt. Yeah. No. yeah it's it's uh, that's we'll see how uh, <coughs> what the pro trend happens to be. But well, it's he got all hurt
3: about, in practice, right?
1: Yeah, he got hurt in the practice. Yeah, not yeah. in the game. Yeah. Now the next part of this is, this goes back to, this is going to be a sore spot for Sean. You know what I'm going to talk about, don't you, Sean? Yeah. Le'Veon Bell. Mm -hmm. Again, in relative terms, what is his value? Realistically, what is his value in terms of the position he plays on the field? If Le'Veon Bell... Is an absolute free agent. There is no way he's getting fourteen to seventeen million dollars because nobody's going to pay that. And that's what Dez, what's going to happen with Des Bryant. Why? Because the yeah. second highest paid, Lady the second and Bell
3: highest is the best running back in
1: football. But the second high, right now, he'd be franchised at fourteen point five million. Okay. You know what the second highest paid running back in the league is? Eight point nine.
3: Do you know so th- how many games the Patriots would win if they had Levy and Bell in their backfield? All of them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all of them. <laughs> uh, my God, they would jump on that. A, they wouldn't know, have to play against them, and B, he'd be playing for them.
1: Now, wow. here, now, here, but here's a key part with the draft coming up in two weeks, and the first round of the draft is 13 days away. Something that the top 10 picks should keep in mind, from Saquon Barkley to Sam Darnold to Micah Fitzpatrick to Bradley Chubb. When you get drafted by a team, they essentially control you for six to seven years. And here's, what, here's my reasoning behind that. You get a four-year contract. I believe that out of that four-year contract, there's also an option year, but they also have two franchise years if they want to tag you. So they really do. You know, Your negotiating goes by the boards, possibly for as long as six to seven years. Wow. A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't think about that. How long they they control that? Jack Ham and I were talking about that the other day.
3: Is it is it guaranteed money when they sign a rookie contract?
0: Yes, yes. You get okay. guaranteed money. And that's big. It's just definitely not as high as it was for a very long time. I think what the the maybe like what the top two or three picks, Steve, maybe the total money in the contract could run in the vicinity of what twenty two ish, twenty two, yeah, twenty three million. No.
1: Right, and remember, you also get bonus money, and the bonus money does not count toward the cap. That's why they make up all the oh, stuff wow. about si- signing bonuses. No, it's. You know, here's his contract. He got X amount as a signing bonus. That's their way of getting the money to you up front without having it count against the cap.
3: Hmm. I didn't know that. That's
1: I mean, but well, that's remember years ago, and he ended up being a GM with the Kansas City Chiefs. He did a lot of work with the Atlanta Falcons. But remember, he was the capologist for the Patriots, Scott Pioli. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was his job to look at the roster and say, hey, look, this is where we can make a move here financially to then open up the door here financially. We have to sign up for this number to keep them, uh, us under that number. Uh, if there's a real – if the NFL makes it a real art. There is no art to it in Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball is the one where there's no art to it. You just go out, sign them, and away you go because yeah. there's no cap. Uh, there's a luxury tax, but there's no cap. Uh, the NBA, this is where LeBron James brilliantly plays the system. LeBron James, and and you're going to see Kevin Durant do that this summer too. LeBron James, you notice, is always signing two-year contracts with a one-year opt-out. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, is the max salary in the NBA goes up every year under the current contract. So he signs a two-year deal with a one-year opt-out and then re-signs again for the new Max deal. It's smart.
3: And very rich, you know. It probably wouldn't yeah, matter no, if he I... did it or not. He can't even spend that money. Well, how come rich hey, people are so smart? Hmm.
1: Because they've got money. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I struggle with trivia crack, you know. I take the free spins. That's cool.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Jimmy, I mean, I was at, I was asking the suit the other day. I said, you know, I said, rich guys like you are so smart. And he gave me, the, and, he, and he gave me this confused look.
3: <laughs> I hear you're golfing tonight, huh?
1: I am going to go. It's it's 81 right. degrees here today. That's so why I'm to yeah, get out. I, I've actually played. Here. The last time I played, it was 36 degrees. Wow. And there are a couple of times where I thought I hit the ball really well. The ball wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> I said, I hit that pretty well. <laughs> like, uh, okay.
3: What'd you think of the Masters?
1: It's, uh, I thought Patrick Reed showed why he's really good in that he has the ability. He's actually one of the better closers in the game. Yeah, he's a tough dude. When he has the you know, yeah, scent, like uh, Ryder Cup, President's Cup, that's a scent. Uh, fourth round, leading the tournament, you get a scent. Well, he he's a bulldog in closes, but yeah, it's interesting. he's he uh, is, mentally
3: he, strong. So.
1: He is not, but I'll tell you, he is not popular with the fans for some odd reason, and he is not popular with his fellow competitors.
3: Well, he pulled that stuff wearing Tigers red and stuff like that. and You know what? The press builds a lot of it up, too, you know?
1: Yeah, oh, I know.
3: I mean, the players were waiting for him. When he was playing Captain America there, the other players loved him. He kept them in, you know?
1: Right. Oh, sure. Oh, I understand. And Ricky Fowler, Fowler, by the way, greeting him outside the scoring tent. That, was, that, that showed you a lot about Ricky Fowler. I mean, he just lost oh, by a stroke in a major Fowler. championship. Every, a lot of people do. Did and you hear I, what I'll
3: he said? The, the, he didn't realize you. he was on camera. He said, well, at least I made him work for it. <laughs>
1: so, yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. You know, they well, have a little competition, yeah. he said, and I beat Jordan.
1: So, yeah. Well, it's uh, Fowler, incredible. Fowler's a great interview. I really like talking with him. He, I mean, he really yeah. is a great So, So, Speed. Speed's a great interview, too.
3: Yeah, Ricky. I God, you want Ricky to win one, you know? Just get one. Of,
1: oh, I hope so too. Because yeah. I, I mean, i love his game. Uh, you know, he hits. I'll tell you, for he is not big in stature, but he, but he hits, hits the, ball the ball a ton, mom. a yeah. ton.
3: Yeah, uh, no question. He's quite a motocross driver. He's a tough is kid. Is he really? Is oh he yeah, right? his motocross was his, his first love, but he kept getting whacked. You know, but when you can hit a golf ball like that, people say, you know, maybe <laughs> golf's a little safer. You know,
1: right. well, and fans, a lot fans, more money. But. Fans love him. Uh, it's it's see Patrick Reed's the kind of guy like between the ropes. Look, and I I've heard people complain that inside the ropes he's not very he doesn't communicate a lot. I have no issue with that. No. I don't either. I don't. Right. Well, it's not
3: everybody. It's an individual sport. Right.
1: Right. right? I mean, you got you got to be able to Ryder play the Ryder Cup
3: and stuff like that and he's right. the ultimate teammate in the Ryder Cup. So
1: I you've got know. to be able you have to be able to play your game the best way you can play your game. So if that means yeah. you're not going to chit-chat or anything like that, that's fine. Where he needs to be better. And I don't know if he cares. But when it's over, now you're outside the ropes. Stand there and sign all the stuff you can sign.
3: Yeah. Well, we'll see how he handles this. It's, I mean, like I told Claire, because Claire's getting to love golf. It, yeah. When, you know, watching it, because I'll never forget when Jordan Spieth, here at the Harford tournament last year, dropped that uh sand That wood. bunker and, shot, yeah. And oh, my God. And she went off the wall i was yeah. like you go, girl. I'm like jumping up and down, happy because she's happy. <laughs> you should hear her bad State games. Yeah, she's
1: screaming. I'm like, oh yeah, life is good. <laughs> you, got, you got her into it now. Yeah, got her into it now. Yeah. A, but I mean, that's that's you're right. It's such an individual sport. He does a great job in the team events. But if I were to advise him, I'd say, "Hey, look, stick around, sign some autographs." You know, I mean, what, what, you know, that's what people see. For example, Mickelson, Mickelson's awesome with that. That's why when Mickelson goes around the course, like, like his fans, I followed
3: him once. He's amazing.
1: They love him. Yeah, I mean, they love him. And Tiger Woods is starting to get to be like that too. Tiger Woods, since he's come back, has been, he's been signing more and more, sticking around longer and longer, Yeah, which has been interesting. You notice there's a little more affection for him out there as opposed to curiosity?
3: Because, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's not the best golfer out there anymore. But people are rooting for him because they want to see – I mean, when you hear his numbers – they're off the charts. I mean, there's nobody even close to, you know, Patrick Reed, Reed won a tournament. You know, won the Masters. That's incredible. Oh, how many has Tiger won? How many tournaments has Tiger won? Like 150, you know, between Europe and I, 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 I see,
1: here? Yeah, oh, I know. It's amazing. He's won He's won over 100 between Europe and here. He's won see, yeah. what, 69, 70 on this tour, something yeah. like that. Like 50 over, no, I don't think it's
3: that high, 35 or something in the European yeah. Tour. Yeah. They're just amazing numbers, and nobody, I mean, all the players are still in awe of him because oh. of what he did. But
1: Well, that's why I thought that the Mickelson press conference at the Masters, and I've heard Mickelson say this before. I mean, I've, been, I've sat there when Mickelson has said it before. Uh, he said, look, he said, this guy... He says, "Made all of us, including me, a lot of money." Yeah, for sure. I mean, he said "He says, he says, he said The respect I have for him as a player, and look, that all that part about the two of them being rivals and the oh, whole thing yep. is is just that's you know that's.
3: That's what uh, I'm talking uh, about. The press likes to build up a story. No, I heard they got along really well at the Masters this year.
1: Well, uh, that's because they've gotten along well for years. Yeah. I mean, the there's you, no you remember, reason not to. Remember, I mean, they I both was,
3: won. Mickelson's won a tremendous amount. I mean, and you can't compare the errors. Golf was not as big when Jack Nicklaus and Arnold Palmer, and there was no social media. They didn't have to deal with the reporters and the stuff the way these guys do. You know, everything these guys do was, you know, flashed on television if they swear or spit on the golf course.
0: Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.